preaching because I'm not a, I'm not a preacher, and uh, you deserve better than this. So uh, I'll apologize in advance. Um, our topic for today is going to be a question to be answered. A question to be answered. Uh, I'm going to talk about a, a question that Jesus raised to his disciples. But before I get to that question, you know that uh, Jesus Christ uh, was healing the lame and healing the blind. And he went into, uh, I guess, the, the temple. And he started to teach. And the chief priest says, well, who gives you this authority to do these things? And Jesus said, I've got a question for you. If you answer this question, then I'll tell you by whose authority I'm doing what I'm doing. And he said, what about the baptism of John? Is it of heaven or is it of men? And they reasoned, well, if it's of heaven, he's going to ask, well, then why weren't you baptized? And he says, well, if it were of men, all these people think John is a prophet and they're going to rise up against us. So they said in their wisdom, we cannot tell. They knew. Christ said, neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. You know, a question sometimes can clarify things, can't it? Uh, there's moon, kind of mundane questions that don't mean anything. Like, uh, I guess this morning, our essential class, where do the wise men come from? That really doesn't matter, right? I mean, it's, just, it's just a question, all right? But, uh, but some things we say, well, what shall I wear today? Or what am I going to watch on TV? Uh, sometimes a, a, a source of contention in my family has been, where are we going to eat? Has anybody had that? Where are we going to eat? You know, and then uh, nobody wants to make a decision. And then when you pull into this restaurant, Marilyn looks over and says, I really don't want to eat here. Can, right? I mean, is that, is that reality or not? You know, talking about uh, questions. Uh, there's a, some questions are puzzling. I don't know if this is true. I've been told it's true. But uh, it says, uh, why do women open their mouth when they put on eye makeup? Is that true? I don't know. Is that, is that true? Uh, or like, uh, why do men refuse to stop to ask directions? You know, that, 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 that's a good question. And if nothing ever sticks to Teflon, then how does Teflon stick to the pan? I mean, there's just puzzling questions. Some questions are flat annoying. I'm on a trip going to Florida, long about Richmond. This voice from the back seat says, what? Are we there yet? Now, is that annoying? That is a very annoying question. Um, some questions are kind of, uh, they, they lead you down a path they want you to, to convict you. Like the lawyer might say, did you beat Marilyn on Tuesday or did you beat her on Wednesday? Can you see the entrapment? All right, they ask these questions. But so, some, uh, some questions are important, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, will you marry me? Your hands get all sweaty, you know. So, some questions are important. Or, 
what shall we name the baby? Or you just had a test at the doctor and you say, doctor, what is the prognosis? These are serious questions, aren't they? Uh, I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 8, verse 27. I will wait for you on this. I'm not going to wait for you on all of them, but I'll wait for you on this one. Mark 8, 27. While you're turning, thank you for coming out today. I appreciate it uh, you know, in, the, in the preacher's absence. Um, it says this, And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? A very general question. And let's look at their response on 828. It says this, And they answered, John the Baptist. Some say Elias or Elijah, and others one of the prophets. Well, let's examine their responses of these other men. Certainly one could see the similarities between Jesus and John, couldn't we? John could best be described as a kind of a mountain man. Maybe like Tim Hall. I don't know. He, he had a, a raiment of camel hair and had a leather girdle and he ate locusts. And, you know, pretty rugged guy. Meager, meager guy. Didn't have a whole lot. Well, Jesus Christ was the son of a carpenter. Meager means it says he had no place to lay his head. But, you know, they both had the same message, didn't they? Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They both had that same message. Uh, certainly one could see the similarity between Elijah and Jesus. Elijah raised the widow's son from the dead. He defeated the prophets of Baal with fire from heaven. He parted the Jordan River. Jesus walked on water, raised the Lazarus from the dead, healed the blind and the lame. It's clear to see that the Spirit of the Lord was on both of these individuals. What? One could see some comparison. Certainly we could see the comparison to the, to the law or to the other prophets. Moses gave the law, Christ fulfilled the law, then he gave you another law. Now love as I have loved you. All right. Went a little bit further than that, didn't he? Uh, Isaiah said, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. He spoke of this lamb being brought to the sacrifice and opened not his mouth. Jesus Christ was that lamb that was led to the sacrifice. And Jesus said, repent. There was a wholeness there. We can see the similarities between these two men. What about Daniel? Daniel preached about a coming king and a kingdom, didn't he? Talked about the world kingdoms. There's going to be a stone come and, and defeat all the other kingdoms. And Jesus said, thy kingdom come. They both talked about a kingdom. Jeremiah was marked by compassion and brokenness. He was known as the weeping prophet. Jesus was marked by compassion and humility. He wept over Jerusalem. Both the prophets showed a respect for God's law. They had ministries of compassion. They spoke of a coming kingdom, and they pointed to a special sacrifice. Now, in this general question that was asked, did you notice that they did not give a correct answer? It, was, it wasn't there. 
Some other men of that day didn't give a correct answer either. The Pharisee says, He hath a devil. Why hear ye him? This is the same Jesus that cast out the, the demons out of, this, out of the maniac of Gadara. All right? And he had many because he was called, called legion. The scribes said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils cast he out devils. Christ said this, If I cast it out by a devil, that'd be the devil working against the devil. That's absurd. I don't, I don't, and if I cast them out, then who do your children cast them out by? All right. There was a, the Sanhedrin said this. That's the ruling body of, of the Jewish religion. They said, he has spoken blasphemy. He's guilty of death. You know, because he claimed to be the son of God. Uh, says the chief priest likewise mocked and said, he saved others. Himself, he cannot save. Let the Christ, or let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. If you want all these, I'll give you the passage. I'm sorry, I meant to do that. But if you want these, I'll give these to you later. You know, Jesus Christ on that cross could have called 12 legions of angels. That's 60,000 angels, roughly. He did not have to stay on that cross. He could have chose something else. But he chose to do the Father's will. You know, would they have believed if he came down from the cross? What do you think? They would not. It's very clear from the parable of the rich man. It says, he says, send, send somebody back to talk to my brothers so they don't come to this awful place. And the response was, they will not believe even if one rose from the dead. So I'm telling you, they will not have believed even if Jesus Christ came off the cross. It takes the power of God to quicken the spirit. This business of believing on Christ is not a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. His friend said this of him. He is beside himself. Lately, Marilyn is talking about me in this, in this manner. You know, when you're in the South, you have this saying that you can say, bless his heart. And you can say anything you want to about that person, as long as you say, bless his heart, right? That's what they were saying about Christ. His, his friends says he's beside himself. He doesn't know any better. Uh, Jesus Christ knew better. He came to do the will of the Father. Now, today's religious responses, um, they don't get it right either. Uh, the Muslim says this, Jesus was a prophet, but he was not crucified on a cross. He will return, but he's not God. They recognize him as a prophet. The Hindu believes that Jesus is just one of the millions of gods. The Jews believe that Jesus was a great prophet and a teacher, but he is not God. The Mormons believe that Jesus was the first baby born in heaven and that Lucifer is his spirit brother. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus was once the archangel Michael before he came to earth, and Jesus is not God. 
The atheist denies that God exists. The poor old agnostic doesn't know what to believe. All right, that's... Society believes that Jesus was a great teacher. They had some good ideas about loving your fellow man, being good, la-di-da-di-da. Most people acknowledge his existence, but they refuse to bow to his authority or to give him the worship he deserves. In Psalms, it says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. What it means is, there's no God for me. You recognize there's a God, but he's not for me. He's just out there somewhere. All right. There's a term you may not have heard of. It's called docetism. And that says this. Jesus was a spirit. He didn't have a body. Yeah. And then there's called Arianism, that Jesus Christ was created by God. There's a lot of views about who Jesus Christ was. So this question that, that he asked his disciples was a, was a valid question. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Mark 8, 29. If you follow along with me. And he saith unto them, Whom say ye that I am? Oh, we're going to get personal now. It's not a matter of what Doris thinks about it or Charlotte thinks about it. What do you think about it? It's a personal thing. What do you think of this Christ? Now it's this moment of truth. The answer requires a reaction. You know what? There's this, you can't be neutral. You understand that? There is no neutral stance on this. You either believe or you don't. Let's hear Peter's response in Mark 8, 29. He says this. And Peter answered and said to him, Thou art the Christ. Well, what does that mean? Thou art the Christ. All right. That means that thou art the anointed of God. You're the Messiah. You're the one that's been prophesied all through the ages. You are the Messiah. What was Peter's reasoning? What was the source of his knowledge? Was he smarter than other people that day? Did his mother teach him from a child who Jesus was? The answer is recorded in Matthew uh, 16, 17. I'll wait for you to turn there since it's a different book. Matthew 16, 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, that just means Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Did you catch that? There's other res uh, responses recorded in the Bible, and they got it right. Uh, in I'll not wait for you, but I will, in John chapter 1, verse 29, it says this. Behold, let's try and get your attention. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. John the Baptist got it right. Can you see Abraham on that hill getting ready to offer his son Isaac on Mount Moriah, he's getting ready to offer his son. And the angel stops him and says, don't do that. You know, God told Isaac, God hath provided himself a lamb. And he did. He is in the form of Jesus Christ. The angel got it right in Luke chapter 2, verses uh, 10. 
And I think it's Kennedy's going to say this tonight or tomorrow or next Sunday. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. In Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 27 through 29, Simeon got it right. And this is, he was the priest. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou my servant depart in peace according to thy word. For why? Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Okay. The dying thief got it right on Luke 23, 42. He said this, and he said unto to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. What was Jesus' response? Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. The Roman centurion got it right in Mark 15, 39. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, truly this man was the son of God. Now, did that centurion have saving knowledge? I don't know. The Bible's kind of solid on that, you know. Uh, I don't know if he did or not. He, he, he could have. Uh, I'll not comment on that. Bartimaeus got it right in Mark 10, 47. It says this. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. <laughs> this is the cry of the sinner. We don't want justice. We don't want what we deserve. We want mercy. Uh, the crowds out in Jerusalem got it right. In John 12, 13. They took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. You know, uh, there will come a time when the king of peace shall reign on this earth. And I'm reminded of this scripture. I can see Brother House is saying this now. <laughs> he says this, For you shall go out with joy and led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and the trees will clap their hands. Oh, that we could see the Savior in the light of how these people saw him. Even the demons got it right. In Mark chapter 5, verse 9. And cried with a loud voice, saying, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. You know, even the demons knew who Jesus Christ was, but they didn't believe. They believed about Jesus, but they didn't believe on Jesus. You understand the difference? Let's hear God's response. Okay? This is in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. When Jesus was baptized of John in Jordan, God the Father said, This is my beloved Son, 
and who I'm well pleased. In Matthew 17, 5, when Jesus was transfigured, God the Father said this, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. What does the Bible say? In John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, you could probably quote this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. He wasn't created. John 1, 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Luke 131 and 32. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. You know, I've heard preachers say about this a whole lot and I agree with him. If I could explain God, I'd be above God. I can't explain God. Uh, Jesus Christ can best be described as the God-man. What's that mean? What that means is he was as much God as he had no man, and he was as much man as he had no God. Can you, can you understand that? I can't understand that. All right. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy 3.16. I'll give you time to turn there. There's a lot of controversy in the world about Jesus Christ. Uh, there is. There's a lot of controversy. 1 Timothy 3.16 says this, though. But, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up to glory. I dare say most of us don't really understand all that, right? We, we probably don't. We don't understand how that God was manifest in the form of a man, do we? Yet we know Jesus Christ hungered, he thirsted, he got tired, he was in a body of flesh. We don't understand how Jesus existed before his birth Yet we know it's clearly outlined in the scripture. Clearly. We don't understand how there's three distinct persons in the Godhead. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We don't understand that. But yet there's one God. Solomon kind of had a little bit of an inkling on this when he was asked to build the temple of the Lord for God. He said, how in the world am I going to build a temple for God. He says, the heaven of the heavens cannot contain him, and yet I'm going to build him a house. So we understand some of the complexities people have about uh, Jesus Christ. Um, this, this feeling of, or this false teaching of, uh, of docetism, where they said that Christ didn't have a body. So my, my people that believe that, I ask them this. How was a spirit nailed to a cross? And 
How did Thomas feel the nail prints in the hand if Jesus was just a spirit? Understand? Um, Bible says in Hebrews 2.16, uh, For verily he took on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. It says, where in 10, 5, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Okay. Philippians. Uh, I want you to turn to this one, please. Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to read 5 through uh, verse 8. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. The Bible says this. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What think ye of Christ? Who is Christ? Okay. That question Jesus asked his disciples. I'm asking you today. Okay. Was he beside himself? Was he delusional? Was he just a great teacher? Was he just a moral person? Was he just a prophet? Was he in fact who he said he was? The son of God. Today the question is personal with you. No one is saved by persuasion, by my persuasion, or by the opinions of men. They're not saved that way. People are saved when their spiritual eyes are opened by the Lord. He gives them the faith to believe. So I'm not asking what others think of Jesus Christ. I'm asking what you think of Jesus Christ. Will you receive Christ? Or will you be like King Agrippa? He told Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Will you harden your heart? Will you wait for a more convenient time? If the Spirit says come, come. In this is Brother Moore's favorite passage, I think. Isaiah 45, 22, it says this. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. In Numbers 21, 9. And as Moses, he made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Have you been bitten by sin? Every one of you could raise your hands. Have you been bitten by sin? Yes, you have. Okay. It will bring eternal separation from God. It has the sting of death. By faith, you can look to Jesus Christ hanging on a tree. If you look, you'll live. John three fourteen and 16. I'm going to read these three. 
and then I'm going to close. I'm not even going to have a summary today. I'm just going to close, okay? And I'm going to let Doris come over to the piano today instead of me, okay? And uh, it says this, and as Ricky is coming up, we're going to conserve time. Come on up, Ricky. Come on, Doris. I want you to read these three verses with me, okay? The Bible says this, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, will you bow with me in prayer, please? Okay. Our Father, we're so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done. We're thankful, Lord, in the wisdom that he came forth as a babe and lived and died and rose again for our justification. Lord, we're thankful for the Spirit quickening our hearts. Lord, we ask that if anybody's being quickened today, Lord, that they'll come forth and profess Jesus Christ as their Savior. And Lord, if you're not working, we want them to stay right there where they are. Okay? But we want to give honor and glory to Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we ask it. Amen.